Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me this morning and giving me the activities of my limbs. And I want to apologize for sending the information out late, but delayed but not denied, got it out there. Hopefully, it's able to reach those that it's meant to reach. And those that are listening can also learn and gain some information, knowledge, and understanding as we are having these topics of discussion. Now, as you know, today is Tuesday. And on Tuesday is when we do the show from the pulpit to the couch, where you will receive biblical teachings from someone in ministry, as well as myself, Jeanette Abney, a licensed marriage and family therapist. Now, I don't proclaim to be a Bible scholar or but. I enjoy doing these subjects and these topics because it also teaches me a lot about myself, about my Heavenly Father, and help me to be able to adapt to individuals in the world. Because today we are going through so much, we're seeing so much, things are happening. Now, last week and even the week before, we were just supposed to have this topic about the righteous. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm going to let you use me, let you work through me. But it wasn't time. Then just yesterday, I was watching something on television, and it was related to politics. And the individuals were saying how the righteous, as they were talking about the Republican Party, and I'm not going to tell nobody who to vote for because that's not my place. But I'm going to say use wisdom. And not only consider the presidential part, but let's look at our proposition. Let's look at all of our other things that's also on the ballot in regards to also who we are placing in certain positions. Because even in the Bible, it talks about the government basically being appointed by God. And we know a lot of people in government, and our government in the United States is not appointed by God, but individuals have the same power. Which kind of brings us to the topic as we talk about the righteous and the unrighteous, as well as the self-righteous. So I'm waiting on Reverend Michael Johnson to give me a call because he's supposed to be my special guest today as we talk about this topic. But I want to say as a child, I used to hear my elders talking about the righteous not being forsaken or seed biggest bread, and I always stood on Psalms 37, and the wicked would be cast down. But I was kind of confused as a kid Because as a kid, I did not have the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that I have today as an adult. But then when I would hear about the righteous and not knowing what it meant, the problem is, just then, like I said the other day, watching television, I heard that man talking about the righteous. And I was like, wait a minute. If I didn't know what it meant, I'm quite sure quite a few other people don't know what that means, which is why we are talking about this. I'm looking at Lady T. She just sent me a text about I'm in Vegas. So Tammy, have fun if you're in Vegas because you can still listen. And that means you left me, but that's okay. But when we talk about that, so today's show is designed to provide a clear meaning of what the Bible says about the righteous and righteousness. So I'm going to have to go off of Facebook Live because I need to call the Reverend because I think, oh, here we go. Okay, like they say, my timing is not his timing. So let me log on, Reverend Michael Jackson. 
Good. Should I still say morning? Because it's eleven thirty-three. How are you doing, Mister Johnson? I'm doing fine. How are you? I am well. You know what? I got you on. I'm on Facebook Live as well as for the show. And I know that individuals have told me that when I'm doing it on Facebook Live, it sounds kind of scratchy because they can't really hear the show as they would have to either call in to listen or they can also click on the link to listen. That can also help them to hear what we're saying versus me just having the whole show on Facebook Live. I did the Zoom thing that kind of went well, but I learned how Dan was for the YouTube. So, Reverend Michael Johnson, tell the listeners who you are and what church you are affiliated with. Well, I'm an associate minister at Greater True Friendship Missionary Baptist Church in Los Angeles. I have been in the ministry for over 30 uh, years. I also have 39 years of uh, uh, counseling. Uh, been preaching and teaching for a pretty good while now. Mm-hmm. And uh, my whole uh, thing is to bring the gospel, uh, Jesus Christ, to all, given the great commission that the Lord has uh, given us who believe, according to Mark uh, 16, 15. Uh-huh. And, you know, when we, this topic has come up before, and it's not our timing, it's God's timing. Because even last week, we were supposed to talk about the righteous, and then I wound up talking about something else. And then the week before that, it was, you know, so it just kept coming up. Now, and I'm finding that today we really, really need to talk about this because my question was, when we start talking about the righteous in the Bible, who are they talking about? Because you know I stand on Psalm 37. I, I personally believe in God's Word in the Bible, which is the book of instruction before leaving earth. But a lot of times we find that individuals have their own definition, their own perception, they use scriptures out of context. Sometimes we even have, when we listen in the pastors, we wonder who and what are they talking about. So, Reverend, when we talk about the righteous, what does that really mean? Okay, well, uh, when I was youth minister at Agape Christian Fellowship, I was under the tutelage of uh, Dr. Edward L. Haygood, and mm-hmm. he is a Hebrew and a Greek scholar. And so he strongly encouraged me to look at the Greek as well as the Hebrew context when you're looking at words and looking at meanings because a lot of times it's a little bit more stronger and more direct in our understanding of what Scripture is. Now, when you look at the word righteous in the Greek, it is pronounced dikaios, D-I-K-A-I-O-S. And to be righteous is to simply be in right standing mm-hmm. with the Father. Uh, uh, but how do we get into the right standing with the Father? Well, in the third chapter of John, it's the Nicodemus came. Everybody knows that story, that Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. How must I be saved? What can I do to be saved? Mm-hmm. And Jesus, in turn, told him, you must be born again. And so they're having this conversation going back and forth. How can a man go into the woman's womb and be born again? And Jesus was explaining to him, you must be born again by the spirit that's inside of you. And so in order to get to the point of being righteous, you have to go through Romans 
the 10th chapter, the ninth and the 10th verse, where you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, then you become born again. Then in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says that you are a new creature in Christ Jesus because you have been born again. And just like we are born in the United States, we are citizens of the United States. In Philippians 3.20, it declares us to be citizens of the kingdom of God because we have accept him as our Lord and Savior. And then Second Corinthians five twenty eight lets us know after we're citizens we are ambassadors, which means that we are representatives of the okay. kingdom of God. So that's how we get into the righteousness. The first thing you gotta do is you have to confess it. And wow. then as the scripture continues to go, we are righteous, then it in in the Bible it talks about being justified. Being justified is merely being declared Righteous is something that Jesus did for us. It's nothing that we could do. Because mm-hmm. the scripture clearly says what? There is none righteous, no, not one. We can't do it of our yeah. own accord. We have to go through the cross. We have to go through right. Jesus. And John and you know, 14, 16 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, let me shut up. No, you don't go have ahead. to shut up. You're talking real fast, and we got to make sure we get the show kind of going so we can get individuals calling in that may have some questions. But when we start talking about that, Mike, like I was saying, and if you brought up something when you talked about you got to go back to the woman. Um, yes, over the weekend, my son was in town, and he was talking about he wanted to be born again. Like, he going to go back and start all over. I'm looking at him, maybe you don't get away from me. So, <laughs> he ain't going to over. So, he's talking about going back in the woman's womb. You ain't going to be crawling back up at me. So, but when we start talking about that, like I said, sometimes we take things so literally. We take things to the point to where it becomes confusing. And you want to study to show yourself approved, and you also want to make sure that you do ask questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question because, like I said, some things just don't make no sense sometimes. And even though this topic, you know, was in my spirit and we were supposed to talk about it, and then just last night I was like, oh, no. When I heard that man talking and the way he was saying was like, only if you would trump you the righteous. I'm like, wait a minute. You go really confuse people. And my mother used to always say either you can convince them or you can confuse them. And we need to make sure that a lot of individuals are not confused because, you know, when, when we used to hear that life is short, a lot of times people didn't know what that meant. I went to two funerals last week, Mike. I went to a funeral of a woman that brought him, but both make two, I didn't make it to the other one. Let me take that back. One was of a woman that was 80-some years old, and on Saturday I was supposed to go to a funeral of a child. My body would not just let me get up to go to that child's funeral because I probably didn't need to see that image, especially knowing yeah. that oh, I had a lot to do. So my, my lupus flared up, and I was, I was out of commission. So I couldn't do it. But when we start talking about deciding who's righteous and who's unrighteous, who are we to make that determination, Mike? I think that's where I get confused. Now, we know sinning, right and wrong, but who are we to say who's righteous and who's not? Even when it comes to politics. Okay. Let's go over to... Uh, what's this? 
Let's go over to Luke. 18th chapter. Let's start with verse 9. Okay. And this is Jesus talking. Also, he spoke a parable to some who trusted in themselves. And they were righteous. (laughs) Uh And despised others. Mm -hmm. Two men went to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, another a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like those other men, extortioners, Mm -hmm. unjust, adulterers, or even as the tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes <laughs> of all my possessions. Uh-huh. And the tax collector standing afar would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful unto me, a sinner. I tell you this, listen to this part. This man that went down to the house justified, then mm-hmm. the other. For everyone who exalts himself would be humble, and he okay. who humbles himself will be exalted. Exalted. Okay. So now, the first man who claimed proclaimed himself to be righteous. Mm-hmm. The second man did not proclaim himself to be righteous, but he kind of put it in layman's terms. He threw himself on the mercy of the court. We know that God is a God of mercy and a God of grace. But the thing is, a lot of people don't understand. It is nothing that you, me, or anybody can do to be righteous. Because the Bible says that we are his righteousness, and the way that we are his righteousness is because of his completed work upon the cross. Mm-hmm. We are his righteousness. We are justified. Matter of fact, he said, be ye holy, for I am holy. And all that mm-hmm. means is to be clean and pure before mm-hmm. him. Got you. Now, you know, Mike, I was having a conversation with another person earlier this morning, and we were talking about this, and the way she was putting it, we were talking about the righteous and the self-righteousness, and she indicated that self-righteousness had a lot to do with pride, you know, how we, you know, they say a lot of Christians are Bible thumpers or holier than thou, or, you know, they get the point in the finger, like, my sin is better than your sin, and I don't do this, and, you know, we get the self-righteousness. And she indicated something in regards that many individuals struggle between righteousness and self-righteousness. Do you see it as a struggle? Because I know when I thought of the self-righteousness, I thought of the entitlement. How we have a sense, many have a sense of entitlement, like I deserve or I earned it. And we know you can't buy your way into it. That ain't going to work. So what is your take on the struggle? Or do you think that there's a struggle between righteousness? Let's go back to that that, that question. Uh, When a person talks about righteousness, it's not pride, it's deception. And that's what people got to understand. There's some pride Mm -hmm. mixed in there, but it is being deceived because Mm -hmm. you're seeing something that's not there. That's deception. Let me take you over to 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that means for you and me, Uh that we might become the righteousness of God 
in him. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? We are right. righteous because we are in Christ Jesus. When you go look in the uh, the 14th and the 15th uh, chapter in the uh, book of John, Jesus mm-hmm. clearly said that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, and we will come and make our abode in you if you obey my commandments. Gotcha. So once again, you have to go back. It's nothing that we've done. It's nothing that we've earned. It is a gift of God. Gotcha. So, so when we're going through this, and like I said, in the way you are explaining it, because we have to teach individuals, because even as a child, we try to teach obedience. We try to teach respect. We try to, you know, and even if you messed up, with parents to tell their kids, you know what, if you did something, apologize, or, you know, now we say repent. You know, repent our sins or, you know, there's different ways we can do this to make sure that we are in the right standing. And I, when we, like I said, we get caught up in the world is what I see. Now, I'm going to go off of Facebook Live because I need to find some other information because I need to see who is sending me messages or have questions. So, Tracy Tucker, I see you watching. Thank you. I appreciate you. But you can also call in on show if you have any questions. Or you can click on the link at any time to listen to today's episode or any prior episode. But if you want to call in and you have any questions for myself, Jeanette Abney, or Reverend Michael Johnson, give us a call at 516-387-1914. We would love to hear from you. Because what I don't like to see is individuals being confused, misled, or misguided. And in no way is that my intention. So I try to make sure we have this platform, and I try to bring on individuals as guests so we can talk about it. Because it makes no sense to hold things in if you have these questions. Because like I said, my, I had these questions when I was a kid. I was like, who mm-hmm. the heck are the righteous? How do you become unrighteous? Does it mean that if you do something bad, now you're unrighteous and only the good individuals are going to get to heaven, but they didn't teach it in regards to obedience? So, like I said, I didn't get it. I really didn't get it. So, again, if you want to call in the show, give us a call, 516-387-1914. We would love to hear from you and to answer any questions you may have. Okay, Mike. So, just going on into this topic. And like I said, and when I was listening to the guy and bringing it to politics, because we start mixing politics into things. We start pointing fingers. We start blaming. We try to shame. We try we try so many different things sometimes people say to get people to cry. And like you said, when the question became, what must I do to be saved? And that's one of the things that a lot of times individuals will ask. And some people sometimes, like I've heard them say, I don't want to be saved. I'm not ready to do this. I don't want, and this, I don't want to spirit. What is it that we can do, or what, what, what is your take on that? Well, uh, in my military days, needless to say, I wasn't no preacher. <laughs> I wasn't a <laughs> Christian. And I was out there, and my attitude was, I'm going to do all the sinning I can do until I can't sin no more, and then I'll come to God. <laughs> that was pretty foolish on my part. But oh, that's funny. God, had, God had, I mean, I'm being honest with you. 
You know, even 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 uh, in the Book of James, it says that sin is pleasurable, uh-huh. but only for a season. And then after that, Woo! it's death. I like that because the the, like the, the body, the flesh operates on the pleasure principle. Whatever feels good, that's what the body wants to do. Whether it's food, sex, drugs, alcohol, whatever. Because we're operating in that flesh realm. We're operating on the emotions and the feelings, and it feels so good, so it can't be wrong. And, and you know, how all these songs that used to come out about these uh-huh. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But God had other plans. Uh-huh. And one of the things I had to uh, come to understand about my life, you know, uh, there's a scripture, uh, I, I want to say or maybe the numbers are somewhere, where it talks about God starts from the end mm-hmm. and works his way to the beginning, which means he's already worked out a plan for our lives. But there's one power that we have, and that's the power of choice. We can choose to follow Christ or we can choose to reject him. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, you can't stuff Jesus down somebody's throat and and, and make them uh, receive Christ. Now, when you talk about the intermingling with the uh, politicians and and how they're trying to use the Bible, and you have a lot of these evangelical churches that are jumping into the politics and, and, and you know, the things especially that's going on today, I have to refer back to Constantine the Great. He was an emperor in Rome. And Christianity was spreading like wildfire. I mean, it was moving. And he couldn't stop it. And in the city where he ruled, there was a lot of idolatry and a lot of paganism. Mm -hmm. So what he decided to do is to hold this big conference in the city called Nicaea. And so he joined the two together. He joined mm-hmm. Christianity and he joined the paganism and idolatry together. And it became a farce as far as people receiving the truth. You know, uh, you have Christmas. That came out of paganism. You yeah. have Easter. That came out of paganism. Halloween, even New Year's, mm-hmm. even the days of the week. You know, Sunday after the sun god and Tuesday after T.U. And you go on and on. I mean, we are surrounded by idolatry and paganism. But check this out. Every generation that has been born has always been surrounded by these things. Mm-hmm. Even the day of Jesus, he was surrounded by these things. But I have a saying, and you heard me say it lots and lots of times, I do not allow outside circumstances to dictate what I have in my head and what I have in my heart because we're always going to be surrounded by it. Do you really think, let's go back to the Garden of Eden. Do you really think that that when Adam and Eve ate the fruit off the tree, that that was the first time that they saw that tree? <laughs> that tree had been in the garden, and, and the Lord gave them the command not to touch it, so they were walking all around the tree, back and forth every day, until someone pointed it out to them uh-huh. and, and, and gave them a different take on it. Mm-hmm. They walked around that thing all the time. Yep. But did you realize that this tree could do this? 
Never really thought about it because at first they were just thinking about the command of God. And that's what happens. When you get away from the word of God, you can be deceived. Yep. That is true. And and I've heard heard people use that word, you think you're self-righteous, you know, all these types of things. But they use it in a bad connotation and people stay away from it. Uh, 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 Just like you just said. They really don't understand what that means. Mm-hmm. And I can't emphasize it more than I can. It's nothing that we have done. Mm-hmm. Just like I just read in the scripture, Christ became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Mm-hmm. And that's the key thing, in him, inside of him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the great picture I like to, to, to uh, uh, paint is imagine yourself drawing a circle, and you're inside of that circle. Once you step outside of that circle, you're stepping out of the providence and the perfect will of God that he has for your life. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike, you know every time when I'm doing a show, and especially on Tuesday, I start doing a little research trying to get some information. And, and I'm not saying everything on the Internet is accurate because you have different denominations. They have different beliefs. They have different perceptions, and they put a, a collection of things together. Now, this one is coming from Crosswalk.com, and it talks about what does it mean to be righteous? And one of the things the writer wrote when they said it said, when most people think about the word righteousness or righteous, it is often a confidence and image of a surfer guy describing a big way. Thankfully, that usage of the word has come along. But how does the Bible use the word? Righteousness can sometimes be buried in a collection of church words we throw around. So I like to make an attempt to clear the air about what it means to be righteous. And when they go on and they talk about what is righteousness and what does it mean to be righteous. Now I'm going to start with my father. And I'm going to talk about how when he, before he even passed away when he was murdered, he used to always say, I don't want to go to heaven. I don't know nobody up there. Because he wasn't trying to live right. He was caught up in sin and flesh because that was his lifestyle. So to change it to him was like, like you're talking about being in the, in the Garden of Eve and you're looking at all these trees and it's been there. My father knew it was there, but I can't say prior to his demise or him being, being murdered that he tried to get it right. I don't know. I only know what he was telling me. Now, when we start talking about this, and I'm, I want to say this because this is the way I know he was viewing it when he was talking to me, and righteousness is the perfect holiness of Christ. Now, we know that nobody is perfect, and a lot of times individuals have felt that they've done something that was so bad that they could not be forgiven, and that's not true. Because it is an essential attribute to the character of God, quite literally meaning one who is right. Think of it as the polar opposite of sin, and to commit sin is to go against God's design for our life. Therefore, righteousness is only living standard that is acceptable for us to stand before our Father. Because we know, and you talked about it a little bit, Mike, in regards to the wages of sin is death. But in the path of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death, and that's in Proverbs twelve twenty-eight. Now, when we start talking about that, Mike, when we talk about, you know, whether it's good, whether it's bad, 
you know, we're trying to, to let people know that holiness is, is right. But while those are good and righteous works, the more people read the Bible, the more they learn that a lot of times we are backwards. Because righteousness actually produced those works, not the other way around. What do you think they mean by that, Mike? I'm not quite getting what you're saying. Talking about, you said, you indicated how we work backwards or how God works backwards. He worked from the end to the beginning. You indicated that. But it indicates uh-huh. that righteousness actually produced those works, not the other way around. Meaning that a lot of times we're looking at the good that people have done, the way that they're living. And the way it indicates here is that they used to think of righteousness had to do with living or um, had to do more with behavioral modification than heart transformation. Because people oh, are okay. asking, God, don't, God knows my heart. But people are watching what you do. Now, the awkward appearance of holiness was what mattered to individuals rather than the spirit filled change. They thought that if they stopped cursing, stopped doing this, like you were talking about when you was in the military, if they stopped doing these things, that that's what it was like to be righteous or be living righteous. So a lot of times we kind of had it kind of backwards. Because like I said, I didn't get it. I didn't understand. Now, when looking at this scripture or looking at this, and it indicates what does the Bible say about us and righteousness? All of us are born into complete bondage to sin, unable to produce any sort of righteousness on our own, which you talked about, and that's in Romans 3, 9 through 12. As a matter of fact, Isaiah says that our attempt to produce righteousness on our own are disgusting in the eyes of God. We all have become like one who is unclean and all of righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf and in our inequalities like the wind takes us away and that's in Isaiah 64, 6. Even when our good deeds seem to be performed from our purest of motive unless the motivation is to glorify the name of Jesus. You know, a lot of times my people do things or they try to be right or they try to, you know, feed the homeless or do this or do that. Sometimes my people seem like they're doing the right thing, but they don't always do it in the right spirit. Can we talk about that a little bit? Okay, I'll just write down this note. You just made a comment about people will say, God knows my heart. Yes. That's just an excuse for bad behavior. Mm -hmm. That's just an excuse to continue to do what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Over in Hebrew, the fourth chapter, and the 13th verse, it says, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Mm-hmm. There is nothing hidden. You know, I used the reference about uh, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. When, when God called for him in the cool in the evening, do you really think God did not know where they were? He <laughs> knew where they were. But sometimes... Your answer has a question for you. Uh Just like when Jesus came to the blind man that was at the pool of Shalom, 
And Jesus asked him, you know, what have you need of? This man had been been infirm for 38 years. Mm-hmm. Jesus knew. But the reason that we are asked the question so we can acknowledge the condition that we're in. No mm-hmm. one wants to go to a doctor and not get a diagnosis because you must have a diagnosis in order to be made well. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about righteousness again, it's very important that we understand the words. And I know there's a lot of people that don't look at the Greek and the and the and the and the Hebrew and, and the Latin and all those type of things. But those words gives us the true, the root meaning of, of what that word is saying. And once again, mm-hmm. being righteous is no more than being in right standing with God. How right. do we become in right standing with God? It becomes of the shed blood that Jesus shed for you and me mm-hmm. with the washing of the water of the word and his sacrifice. He mm-hmm. became our sin. I saw this uh, 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 animation. It was from, uh, what's this pastor's name? He's out of Singapore. I can't think of his name. Oh, Joseph Prince. Joseph Prince. He had an awesome, awesome uh, animation of Jesus dying on the cross. And Jesus was on the cross, and the skies got dark, and and it was thundering, and the earth was shaking. And you would see the word, uh, uh, materialize over his cross. Uh, let's say the word uh, uh, murder, and then mm-hmm. the word would dematerialize and go inside of Jesus, and you could see he was almost vomiting, but he was holding it in. And he had all these different sins of mankind, and it was going inside of his body, and he was holding it in. And then at the end, when everything was inside of him, all the mankind sinned. He said, "It it is finished." And he took mm-hmm. all the sin of mankind to its death. Mm-hmm. That's why we are able to be set free. That's why we are able to be born again. That's why we are able to have eternal life. Because you said earlier in this broadcast that all of us have been born into sin. Mm-hmm. Anyone that's born in the flesh has been born into sin. Mm-hmm. And you know, Mike, and I'm looking at something and it indicates where does my righteousness come from? The Bible clearly defines righteousness as something his people should pursue, meaning we should pursue it. In 2 Timothy 2.22, yet we are unable to produce it, which is what you talked about earlier. So where do we get it? Our righteousness is inputted from Jesus through the anointing work that he accomplished on the cross. In Philippians 1.11, he couldn't produce it, Christ produced it for us. So the only so, wait a stop, 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 stop right there. So who should we be pursuing? To be Christ We should be pursuing Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. But you're saying the yes. same thing I'm saying it, you're saying it in a different way. Because uh-huh. that means when we're right standing with Christ, you know, uh uh we are pursuing him. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And so when we are pursuing him, Jesus clearly said how do I know to restore me by obeying my commandments? Yes, yes. And it even goes on to say, Mike, that the only perfection of Christ could have accomplished this work. Only Jesus could have lived a perfect, obedient, and sinless life. Only Jesus could have anointed the sins of his people. Only the righteousness of Christ will enter his kingdom. And that's in Matthew there you 5. Go. There you 20. go. 
Now, when we start talking go. about that, and that's where individuals start getting confused, or individuals start wanting to point the finger and saying who can go in who can't. I remember and I was talking to um, my friend earlier, and I was telling her about when I was under the teachings of a pastor um, of Hammond at um, Friendly Church of God in Christ. And the one thing I respected and appreciated about him is he would say, I don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. But his teachings was awesome because he was a powerful man, but you still, he would still let you know, no matter what you're doing, it's not my job to say whether you're going to heaven or hell. Now, when we start talking about the purpose of the Old Testament law, because in the church today, the Old Testament law gets a bad rap, and early in the people's Christian walk, they just sort of wrote the laws off as something as a much angrier God that had God handed handed out, as opposed to the great, because you spoke on that a little bit earlier, given by much happier and merciful God of today. So do you think that, and I want to just say think, because when we look at it, 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 even in the world, we got individuals that have been in church as a child. We got older individuals in church. We got, is it a church thing? Is it a people thing? Is it a political thing? Because we want to pick and choose who's right and who's wrong. Well, the only thing I have to go by is Scripture. Mm-hmm. And if we all had the same Holy Spirit, you know, the, the Bible clearly said that the Spirit will guide us into all truth. Mm-hmm. Now, now, uh, last time I checked, this not going to be in the denomination in heaven. Mm-hmm. There's not going to be no color lines mm-hmm. There's not going to be any divisions in heaven. You know, it talks about being on one accord for one goal and one purpose. And the reason that we've had these constant splits within the body of Christ is because we have allowed the enemy to come in and bring these untruths into the body of Christ. It's just like I just mentioned about uh, Constantine, the emperor of, of, of Rome. Mm-hmm. They brought in all these untruths through paganism and idolatry, and as the years went by, it became a part of the church doctrine and the church belief. That's why when you have these people that come knocks on your door and they'll tell you that Christmas is pagan, and you have Christians that will argue them down to the hill. But the people that knock on your door is all right. Mm-hmm. You, know, and talking about, you say the people that so knock you on your door, you talking like, about, let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me talk real quick. When you say the people that knock on your door, you talking about Jehovah's Witness? Yes, yes, ma'am. Okay, so you're just saying people that knock on their doors, so we got to give them there. Well, let I don't them know like to call out names and stuff like that because it might offend somebody. But since you uh, said it, I'll let you say it. But but I'm saying they are right when they talk about paganism and the holidays and things mm-hmm. like that, and they have a little bit of truth. Then mm-hmm. you have uh, uh, another churches that talks about speaking in tongues, and if you don't speak in tongues, you're not saved. So mm-hmm. they picked and chose what they wanted out of scriptures. Then you have another denomination that says you have to look plain and not wear any jewelry and not wear any makeup and all these type of things. And 
they have a part of truth that they're practicing. But I'm like, when you stand upon the witness stand, what do they say? Do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? You gotta have, you gotta take this Bible in its entirety, from Genesis to Revelation. You can't pick and choose what you want to go by and throw away the rest. Correct. You can't do that. Like we do with food. When you were seeing it, I was thinking about chitlins. You know how you pick this part and you throw that part away and you fry this part. or you, And that's basically what we want to do a lot of times. And it goes back to like you was indicated, even the prophet Ezekiel says that one day God will give them a new heart and obey in order to obey his law. And I will give them one heart, one spirit, and I will put within them and I will remove the heart of stone from their flesh and give them a heart of flesh, and they may walk in the statue to keep my rules and obey them, even in Ezekiel eleven nineteen. But in order to obey the law and produce righteousness, they needed a new heart to replace the hearts of stone. They needed a heart that would desire God and delight his law rather than continue in wickedness. And see, that's where we really like what Psalm 37 talks about, the righteous. Yeah, let me read this for you right quick. This is over in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the fourth verse. There mm-hmm. is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One mm-hmm. Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Mm-hmm. It, it just should be one, but because yeah. of the human frailties and, 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 and uh, of mankind, that's why we have all these denominations, and that's why we have infighting, you know, amongst all these churches, and that's why you know you're looking down one and say the other. Even you know you you know me and you talked about your father over years, and one thing I can say. As long as you got a breath in your body before you close your eyes for the final time, if you call upon the Jesus, mm-hmm. you can be saved. The shortest prayer in the Bible, remember what uh, uh, Peter, when he was walking on the water, Jesus mm-hmm. save me. <laughs> That's the shortest prayer in the Bible because he was sinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you know, we're, and- we're to say where uh, where Pops is right now. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's true, but, but he, I'm just saying what he told me. That's what yeah, he told yeah, me. I, I got you. <laughs> so, like I said, I don't have a heaven or hell to put nobody in. All I know is even with me, he tried to get it right. Even with me, he would call me, call in on the show. You know, we would laugh, we would talk. But these are just things that he would say to me. And like I said, when the time happened, I don't know. I wasn't there. I have to put him in God. Now, the, to pursue righteousness, we know mean to turn away from our natural sinful desires and turn to Christ and his perfect and righteous ways. Through obedience to this command, God has prepared us for an eternal life with him, aligning us with our righteousness through Christ. And then we can rest in the fact that God sovereignly works everything out for the good of his people. So that's the thing, and that's what got me when I was watching television, is when we start talking about for his people, God's people, not politics, not 
people in certain schools or with educational levels or ethnicity. You know, I had a guy might contact me on Facebook about yesterday's show, and he was talking about voting. Well, you need to talk about the black vote. Not just the black vote, everybody's vote. You know, we can't just say, well, we need to start our own black politics, our own black. But what about everybody else? You know, so we need to do better when it comes to that. But, again, it's changing that heart and that mindset. And, again, we can rest in the fact that, in, in my, I'm sorry, but also when we're talking about his people, including restoring us through the righteousness of his son, our righteousness began in Christ and is complete in Christ, follow him and pursue it daily. And it says, he restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And that's in Psalms 23, verse 3. Any questions, comments, anything else, you know, because we can go on and on. I'm trying to look on to my, um, my Facebook posting to see if anybody has any questions. Again, if you're out there listening, if you have any questions, you can give us a call at 516 one nine one four because we would love to hear your thoughts. We would love if if you know that you are falling short, you know, don't it's it's not too late. It's not too late. Because like I said, Mike, a lot of times individuals they get so caught up in what people have said about them and it's not who people say you are, it's who you answer to. Mhm. Did you have a question? No, I didn't have a question. I'm looking at some other information, and it talks about with righteousness. Righteousness is the chief attribute of God as portrayed by the Hebrew Bible, which we talked about is chief meaning, concern, ethical conduct. And it's also in Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Psalms, Psalms and Proverbs. In the book of Job, the the, the title character is introduced to us who is perfect in righteousness. So it's all in the Bible, Mike. But again, a lot of times we take it out of Scripture. We take it out of Scripture. And see, that's what the enemy's job is to do. I was talking, you know, as you were talking, I was reminded of uh, Lisa was telling me about a friend of hers. And uh, her sister has a severe drug problem. And so uh, she had me call her. And so this woman is a psychologist, too. But she was mm-hmm. codependent. You, 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 you know the whole thing. And mm-hmm. so I suggested her to go to al and all these type of things. And she wants to take the responsibility, you know, of taking care of her sister. And I was breaking it down, explaining it to her this way, that way, and the other. And, and she just insists on doing what she's doing. And I finally asked her, I said, well, what you've been doing, how has that worked for you? Then she got quiet. And then she had to come back. She said, well, God helps those who help themselves. <laughs> I said, that's not in Scripture. I know. I said, that was a quote. I said, that was a quote from Benjamin Franklin who got it from somebody else. She got highly upset with me because I told her it wasn't Scripture. Now, later on, she talked to Lisa and said, yeah, I know he's right, but he pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, my, 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 
So you didn't throw out the God don't like ugly, which is not scriptural either. So a lot of times we come up with our own phrases and we make them scripture. We did a show about that several years ago about uh, phrases in the Bible or phrases that people use that's not scriptural. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the thing about the scripture says give no place to the devil because once you allow even a little thing like that, which the scriptures say the little foxes is the one that spoils the whole vine. You have a little lie here and you have a little lie there. Next thing you know, it has accumulated. Mm-hmm. And now you have been deceived and you're going in the wrong direction. Correct. And Correct. it's not being, you know, people say, well, you're a Bible thumper. No, I'm not a Bible thumper. But if you want to call me that, that's fine. But I'm sticking to the scripture. Do not deviate from the plan. Correct. Do not deviate from the word because so as you do, you're in trouble. Yep. You know, can light and darkness occupy the same space at the same time? No man can serve two masters, as the mm-hmm. scripture talks about, because you'll love one and hate the other. Mm-hmm. You have that's to make a decision of who you're going to follow. That's true. And I've, I've, talked, I've talked with Jehovah's Witnesses. I've talked with Muslims. I've talked with Mormons. I talk with the gamut of people, and when we sit down and we sit down and go through the scriptures, because a lot of times when you talk with uh, certain denominations, they already have a script written out, and mm-hmm. they're not allowed to deviate. And if they do deviate it, they're lost. Mm-hmm. That's why the because, language you know, they, when I was in church, he would say, when the pastor is preaching, open up your Bible and make sure that they stay on topic based on the scripture. You better. So, because mm-hmm. they start telling the stories like us doing our counseling groups when we was doing the drug and alcohol group. We start off on topic. By the next thing you know, I'm talking about my son. I'm talking about people in Compton. I'm talking, and I ain't got nothing to do with the material. But we'll do that. It's natural. We'll do it. Now, I'm looking at something mm-hmm. like it says, can a righteous man sin? And this is what it says. If a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits sin, he will die for it because the sin he has committed, he will die. But if the wicked man turns away from his wickedness, he has committed and does what is just and right, he will save his life. And okay, what, what you're talking about is iniquity. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if people know what iniquity means. Iniquity is a lifestyle of sin. Once again, light and darkness can occupy the same space at the same time. You can't be living a life of iniquity and living a life of righteousness at the same time. It just won't work. And I think what the writer might be trying to say is that if you are righteous, you cannot live a life of iniquity. Now, because you are righteous, that does not mean that you are sinless. Correct. We all fall and we all sin, but God made a provision for that for us because he knew we were still locked in human flesh. And that's over in First uh, John 1, 9, I believe, that we are for faithful to confess our sins. God is faithful and just enough to forgive us of our sins because he knows that we are still in this flesh. I remember, uh, I'm going to tell on myself just a little bit, <laughs> and uh, I had a, a, a delivery because I'm on, I'm on oxygen. It's not all the time, but I do need to have it from now and then. 
And and uh, my regular driver wasn't here to deliver, and so I order ahead of time the things that I need. And the lady got the order wrong, and she come telling me, "Well, you didn't say this, and you didn't say that." And so the drive uh, the, the uh, substitute driver was here, and uh, I demanded to talk with supervisors and all that kind of stuff. And then when uh, uh, we hung up the phone, he left me what he had because I had to take something. While he was still in the apartment, I said, this woman is an a-hole. <laughs> and after the guy left, Jeanette, the Lord spanked my behind. Oh, my I God. I mean, he spanked me good. And so then the, then the Lord going to go for even further. He said, Mike, what if you was in the pulpit preaching and this same young man uh-huh. walked in the doors and saw you there? Jeanette, I felt like an inchworm. <laughs> you know what? Man, you know, just because I preach the teach don't mean I'm always right. And, 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 you know me, I'm the first one. I'm going to tell on myself because of the goodness and the grace and, and the mercy of God. But uh-huh. I, had to I had to go before the Lord and ask for forgiveness for saying what I said. And yep. then... Uh, the woman called one day, and I had an opportunity to apologize to her, and she apologized to me. Mm-hmm. Well, because so sometimes I was able to make it right. Yes, because sometimes we have other things going on. And you know what? And that's where I think a lot of times individuals get confused when they start looking at individuals where you holier than thou, or you walking around looking like you Christ's cousin. But the word righteous is written at least 558 times in the Bible so that we can see it is an extremely important matter. If we've gathered together, there's 22 Bible, 29 Bible verses about righteousness to give us a bit of a glimpse into God's topic through what they did. And one of the things they said, righteousness is something God wants from us. Now, what they did was they put some Bible verses together, Mike, which was real interesting, and I don't have time to go through all of them. And one of the things it indicates is he has shown you, oh, man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you. But to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God, and that's in Malachi 6, 8. Now, you see how we go back to the love, the mercy, the humbleness? That should be the right thing to do. But we want to cuss people out, go off, beat them up. You know, <laughs> then we got to repent, apologize because you're feeling bad. So what is your take on that, Mike, when it talks about in Malachi 6, 8, that the Lord requires us but we to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? How do you walk humbly with God? When you walk, when you walk humbly, it's simply walking in submission. Mm-hmm. To him, it's bowing down, saying that you're right, and I agree with you. You know the scripture says, "Can two walk together and not agree?" We mm-hmm. are agreeing with God. That's why we're humbling ourselves. That's why we're walking in submission to God's word. I'd like to read this. This is over in uh, John the fourteenth chapter, starting with the twenty-first verse, and it says, "He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me." And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. 
in verse 23, it says, Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Mm-hmm. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home in him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the mm-hmm. word which you hear is not mine, but of the Father. So, mm-hmm. I mean, everything is, is preference on following God's commandments. In Correct. Deuteronomy 28, chapter, the first 14 verses, it says, If you obey my word, these blessings will come upon you, and not come upon, not only come upon you, but it will overtake you. Mm-hmm. Then it talks about all the blessings. But, see, people want the blessings, but they don't want the blessor. <laughs> they want the benefits without adhering to God. God makes it clear. If mm-hmm. you follow me, if you obey my commandments, these things will happen. Every day, this is the way I look at it, at least for my life. Every day that I wake up, I stand at the crossroads. And there are choices that I have to make. So the first thing I say is, Father, I submit myself to your power and authority over my life, and I submit myself to your will. Mm -hmm. I submit myself to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. You know, over Psalms 119, 105, it says, His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto my path. When you have when you have light around you and light beneath you, there is it is almost impossible for you to stumble and fall. Because you can see the Holy Spirit is our early warning system. Mm-hmm. But the Book of James say that we get carried away when we are enticed by our own lust. Mm-hmm. I, heard, yeah. I heard this woman today. I started busting up laughing. Because uh, people are worried about the Supreme Court judge uh, getting in office. And they had this woman who was in the porn industry. And she was like, I hope she don't get in the court because she's going to mess up the porn industry. And I just started busting up laughing. Really? 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 <laughs> but when people are immersed in darkness and, 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 and they're living a life of iniquity, they don't know any better. They really wow. just don't know any better. They don't. And, you know, but you got to love on them. You got to try to help them and teach them. Now, to do righteous and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. And that's in Proverbs 21, 3. Because a lot of times we always want to talk about I sacrificed this, I did that, I gave up. To do righteous and justice is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Mike? What do they mean by that? Well, I know over, uh, gosh, I can't even think of the scripture right now. i got a brain freeze. But it says uh, obedience is better than sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty, pretty, pretty much what they're saying. Once again, it's going right back to obedience. humbling yourself and submitting yourself to God's word. Mm-hmm. You know, you read this scripture, but it still always goes back to the same thing from Genesis to Revelation. Walking mm-hmm. in submission to his word. Walking in submission is telling God that you're in an agreement with what he is saying over your life. Mm-hmm. But you know what, Mike? It goes back to what you were saying every day because one of the things that indicates is righteousness is something we must practice. We have to practice that. Because even with Bible verses showing us that righteousness is an action that by faith should come forth in our day-to-day lives. 
So we have to practice doing the right thing, even when you want to do wrong, even when you know you ain't got nothing. You do And righteousness is something that we can't increase in. Because the more we practice rightness, righteousness, and pursue it, the greater our righteousness will be, as the Bible verses have indicated in the Bible. And it talks about, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And that's in Matthew 5, 6. So, like I said, a lot of times individuals get confused because they want to pick and choose who's supposed to be blessed and who's not. Now, I'm going to say this, I'm going to let you end the show with this, Mike, but end the show the way you want, basically. But the results of righteousness, and these Bible verses show the tremendous outcome that we experience when we pursue righteousness benefits for now and eternity. Because the blessings are the head of the righteousness, and the memory of the righteousness is blessed. The mouth of the righteousness is a well life, but the righteous has everlasting foundation. And that's in Proverbs 10, 6, 7, 11, and 25. They don't worry what they go eat. They don't worry what they go drink or what they shall wear. For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Okay, Mike, what do you want to know before we end the show? Well, I just want to say, too much is given, much is required. That's why some people don't want to know anything. And I just want to end with this over in John fifteen fourteen. You are my friend if you do whatever I command you. That's the word of the Lord. You are my friends. And I no longer call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus calls us friends. Because you've got to remember that before we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we were enemies. Mm-hmm. Of Christ We were enemies of God But now If you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior He now calls us friends mm-hmm. I just wanted to end with that Well thank you Reverend Michael Johnson For joining me today You know you gave me the topic for next Tuesday Which will be the power of choice Because we will be voting very soon I like the fact that many individuals are already out there voting. They're voting early. They're getting long, long lines. You know, they, I'm seeing it on the news, whether it's raining, whether it's hot, whether it's, you know, we all bear a responsibility. But we do have a choice. And we have to make wise decisions. So we can talk uh-huh. about that next Tuesday here at Precious Predicaments Blog Talk Radio. We're going to be talking about the power of choice. Thank you for joining, Mike, and thank you, listeners, and continue to have a blessed day. Bye-bye. All right. You have a super base as well. Take care. Bye-bye.